it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas, and I can't sing a note. So I'm going to just stop here, because I have a lot of fear of singing without training, because it's, it's, it, it, there's a lot of anxiety with it. Uh, hey, everybody, how's everybody? <laughs> How's it going? Welcome back to Pretend World's Real People. As always, I'm Tyler. It is Christmas week, and I hope everybody's having an amazing vacation with their friends and family. If you are taking a vacation, if you're not like myself, I hope your scheduling is going perfectly. Uh, nothing too crazy to catch you up on for this intro, outside of the fact that I will take some time off at the beginning of 2023 to focus on some work, and then I will come back around during the last half of the month. So, Quick forewarning, there might be some fun stuff that pops up here or there throughout the middle of January, but for the most part, yeah, boy needs a little bit of a break. So yeah, I just wanted to let you all know what is happening then, but let's get right to it. I would like to introduce another amazingly talented member of my acting studio, and that is Genevieve Janae. Now, she has a very layered background. She grew up in the world of competitive figure skating on ice none of this tiktok roller skating crap no she's an absolute badass on ice but you know after an injury she decided to pursue another sort of performance based outlet and that was theater since then she hasn't looked back and now she's trying to not only build a career in theater but also film and tv as well as you know she she totally will she kills it every single time every scene i see her do everything she does she just she crushes it and uh, if i couldn't stroke her ego even more she is now performing with the prague shakespeare company as i'm giving this intro uh, throughout the month of december so super proud of her i cannot wait to see what she does next so let's let's just do it without further delay i want to sit down let's get our comfy cozies on let's grab some coffee i almost said let's grab some cups of coffee uh well if you're amongst friends you know grab some cups of coffee and let's have a chat with my wonderful friend genevieve janae um well my name is genevieve janae i'm from denver colorado i'm an actress um i've I'm super into Shakespeare, um, Chekhov, and I'm recently been getting really into film, TV, and commercial acting. Um, I'm an ex-athlete, moved into the arts, and um, I love it here. <laughs> <laughs> You're, and I will say this for the listeners, you are also a member of the acting studio we go to, which we yes. have not published on the show because we want to keep it, you know, like a hidden secret. Right, uh, yeah. But, yeah you're like you're probably the most classically trained performer in class as far as like Chekhov and Stanislavski and Shakespeare and all that other stuff why why the the like the theater approach what drew you to that because that's I the, I get like the meat sweats thinking about you know studying theater sure <laughs> the meat sweats um sorry that was yeah. great <laughs> um well my story of like getting into theater is a little bit maybe unconventional not exactly accidental but I definitely didn't think it would turn into what it did um pretty much I I'll just tell my my origin story the lore um 
I grew up as a competitive figure skater and I did that like really, really seriously um, from ages like eight until I was about like 16 or 17. And then um, I, I was in high school and I was skating like every morning, like before school, after school, on the weekends, all of that. And um, in figure skating, you have to do this thing called like you have to take these um, skills tests in order to like get to the next level. Um, and you have to like be at certain levels in order to compete at certain levels, if that makes sense. So like if I wanted to like compete at certain competitions, then I had to like pass the test, the skills test first. Um, so anyways, during one of these skills tests, I um, had to do this jump and I biffed it hard and I fell and um I, I just was horribly injured essentially and so I couldn't really skate um the way that I used to for a really long time um like I was in a lot of pain like during school like I had trouble sitting down like I was it was a bad injury and um so anyways I was like I need something else to do um like after school um because I just wasn't used to like having free time and not like doing any activity really after school so anyways I joined theater and um I just fell in love with it like I we did um let's see my first big musical I guess was Young Frankenstein um and then we did Hello Dolly um the Scarlet Pimpernel and then Sweeney Todd and um no I just absolutely fell in love with it and by the time by like senior year of high school I um I was, you know, trying to decide what I was going to do or I want to go to college. And I just was like, I'm going to take a leap of faith and I'm going to pursue theater and see what happens. Um, So I auditioned for a bunch of different programs um, and I ended up um, like the best option ended up being UNC, um, Northern Colorado, that is. Um, They have a good program. It was a good price. So I went there and um, their program was very like, focused on classical theater so we did a lot of Shakespeare Chekhov things like that and um yeah I just I loved it and um so that's what I've been doing ever since I graduated last year and um yeah I've done a lot some theater professionally um and now I'm just getting more into film and tv and I I would say that gives me the meat sweats like it's (laughs) Like for me, it's like um, I like classical theater is like not intimidating to me anymore. But film and TV like very much is. It's just it's so intimate and um, it's it's taking me a while to like acquaint myself. But it's I'm definitely getting used to it. And um, yeah, that's that's me. That's my story. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I remember you talking about when you first came into class talking about your figure skating background and I never asked you how, how did that come about? Was it something that your parents like got you into as other sports or, you know, like performative sports or like, did you just see, I'm trying to think of a, a figure skating movie that's not Disney channel related. Um, and not blades of glory, not blades of glory, <laughs> but it's, it's a very competitive, um, arduous, just, really tough sport to get into so how did you just focus so much on that what was it about figure skating that you know drew you in um 
I mean, yeah, I, uh, well, my dad, he played hockey his whole life. Like he's, um, he grew up in Massachusetts and I don't know, he had four brothers and they all just, that's just what they did. Um, <laughs> so he kind of wanted us all to like try figure skating. Um, just because, you know, it also like made sense. Like if he was going to go to the ice rink to like, you know, hang out with his buddies or whatever, like, you know, then it would make sense for like my sisters. I have three sisters and we all figure skated. Um, it would make sense for us to be there too. Um, so yeah. And I just kind of stuck with it, I guess. Like, I don't know. I feel like when you start doing a sport as a kid, you either at some point kind of, it kind of just like fades out of your life or you just kind of keep doing it. I don't know. I just kind of chose it and followed it. Um, yeah, it's, there's definitely like a performative performance aspect to that sport. Um, like in a lot of competitions, you are also like, um, like graded, um, on your performance, um, as well as skills and, and all of that. Um, so yeah. So like when I got into theater performance, wasn't totally, um, like foreign to me, which was nice. Um, but definitely a theater was a, like, generally the atmosphere was a lot kinder um people were nicer you know figure skating is people can be mean especially the parents <laughs> oh i can't even imagine i, I the yeah. only thing i i know is the tanya harding story and like man if, if, if that's what's in the public i can imagine what's behind you know closed doors that's insane yeah oh yeah <laughs> ever like i as for as long as i can remember my i my skating coach would like tell us the story of tanya harding and be like don't don't do that. Like, don't be a bad sport. Like you have to be nice. You have to, you know, like congratulate your competitors, tell them they did a good job. Like you can't, don't do that. Um, which might be seem like common sense, but, um, the, like, you know, like if you see an Itanya, like how Tanya Harding's mother was, that's not uncommon. It really isn't. So yeah, it's, um, when you like, are in a world like that it's you know it's easy to kind of like lose sight of like friendly competition and being nice to other people you know when you are like constantly put up against like your friends and you just like have to constantly be competitive it's it can become toxic very fast <laughs> yeah and was it rough transitioning from you know that type of performance on the ice into theater given that it is such a different version of performing did it take a little bit or do you feel like you caught on pretty quickly um I would say that I mean I mostly adjusted well just because it was like I didn't realize how welcome of a change it was I guess you know like I just ended up loving theater and the people so much um that I was even though it was like weird and different um I expected people in theater to be more competitive in in the in the way that like 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 figure skating is I guess like it was weird to me like the way that people were like constantly just supporting each other and like wanting to make each other better and like working together as a team even though like maybe you are like going up against your friend for the same role or whatever but like it's all friendly you know for the most part I mean you know there's sometimes you know people will be mean or whatever but you know <laughs> in general <laughs> um it was yeah I didn't I, I guess like it I didn't realize maybe how much I did need to do something where the people were a bit 
friendlier and yeah. Um, so it was a welcome change, I think. Yeah. And obviously you're, uh, we'll talk about, you know, what you have coming up here later on, but you're yeah. crushing it. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, we won't spoil it quite yet, but you found uh, sort of like uh, like a hard line into what you've wanted to do, you know, a year or so out of college. So sure. I do want to kind of go back to when you graduated and a lot of us have that, you know, the six months of, of bliss, like oh, I'm out of school. I'm going to go focus on my career. And then after six months, the student loan payments start to come through and either you're not booking as much as you wanted to, or you're not booking at all. So what was it like navigating that first uh, sort of year out of college, I guess, tail end of the year yeah. with just trying to build your resume? Yeah. Um, first of all, hearing you say the whole six months like after college thing is actually like greatly comforting to me because I feel like a lot of people don't talk about that. No. I don't know, <laughs> especially like with, I mean, I'm sure it's very similar in like a lot of uh, careers, yeah. Um, yeah. but it's in the arts and with acting and stuff, like it is like, oh. yeah, like the first few months after I graduated, I was like, I was great. I was on top of the world. <laughs> like I was like, I'm gonna, pursue acting and I'm I'm not in school anymore and I have more freedom and I'm making some money I mean I was working like a corporate job but it wasn't what I wanted to be doing but I was making money um so yeah um I just started to like I was in Denver and I just you know started to um audition for like some local theater productions I was like let's just like get you know make some connections into the community here like you know, just get some professional credits. Um, and then I got signed with uh, like a local agency here in Denver, um, which was exciting. Um, and um, <clears throat> yeah, so I, I auditioned for some musicals. I do sing as well, um, but I ended up getting a role um, in the play Murder on the Orient Express by Ag Agatha Christie, or it's an adaption um, of the Agatha Christie novel. And um, that was just a ton of fun. That I mean, I don't know. I, I'm sure that you've experienced this when like you get an acting job where like, I mean, arguably it's every acting job, but like <laughs> you do it and you're like, oh, like the, all the struggle of like being, trying to be an actor is like, it's so worth it. Because when you're just, when you're acting and you're doing it, you're like, Oh, like there's just nothing else I'd rather be doing right now like this it's just amazing and that's like what this show was for me um yeah Murder on the Orient Express it was just like it was in a small theater um just with like other local actors but it was so much fun I it was I will remember it as like one of my favorite acting experiences ever um and I also somehow they one of my costumes was once worn by Rita Hayworth. It was like this dress that I don't even know where they got it, but <laughs> I was like, okay, um, cool. Um, it was like this gorgeous gold dress. I only wore it for one scene, but um, it was it was crazy. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, so that was like that was about six months after college, and then um, I after that I um, didn't do theater or I didn't like do a show for a little bit. And um, yeah, then that led me to um, a different opportunity that I uh, was able to go abroad for um, to Europe, did a couple shows there. Um, 
And uh, yeah, that kind of led me to today. I, I, I started at the studio um, in February of this year um, because I, I just, I had a meeting with my agent because I, I don't know, I, I had a lot of like commercial auditions, but I felt like I didn't really know how to do it. Like we didn't talk about that in college really at all. Um, and I guess doing classical theater, I maybe I've just been like trained to like kind of dissect every little piece of a script and with commercials it's not you don't need to do that but I was like <laughs> I get the commercial script and I'm like okay like let's break this down here when I really don't need to do that um so anyways I had a meeting with my agent and I was like hey like how like how can I be better at like commercials and film and tv like I need to I feel like I need help here in this department and um so he anyways he recommended the studio to me and so I started going and I yeah ever since I started going to the studio it's like my favorite part of my week I love it um and I just learn a lot there about film tv I feel like I have such a an appreciation for it now whereas before I felt like I kind of wanted to stay away from film and tv and commercial um like being classically trained I don't know why I just did um so yeah, that's that's where we are. <laughs> well, I mean, I can't speak for you at all, but I could see it being a, uh, you know, you've acquired all of these tools within classical theater that right. you know what you're doing in that realm. I, I'm not even going to look to the right at what these guys are doing over here in front of a lens. You know, <laughs> it's, right. it's already difficult enough going back and forth, especially when it comes to like industrial works here in Colorado, it's, mm -hmm. I feel like it's a, a game changer when you start out and you go, Oh, Oh, I really have to change up my yeah. technique. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it's like funny enough, like after I started doing like film and TV and commercial stuff, you realize how, I mean, similar it is to classical theater. Um, I mean, classical theater is cool because you have these, characters that for some reason we perceive as being so different from all of us because of the circumstances they're in and because they like speak in old English and we're like oh I could never I, I don't even know how to begin to understand what it's like to be a woman in the you know 14 1500s or whatever and doing all this but I had this professor in college who just was like yeah I mean it's it's once you get past the words and you understand the way it's written and stuff, it's like their emo their emotions are not different from ours. Like they felt, you felt anger, you felt heartbreak, you know, joy, all of that. Like it's not any different. And like that might seem like such common sense, like, oh yeah, but that at the time it was so profound for me. And I guess the same thing like translates over to film and TV. It's like, it's at the same, like we all have the same baseline emotions so as long as you know whatever character it is whether it's someone who lives in the 13th century someone who lives in the future someone who lives now like it's you know you just have to find the humanity there and yeah. you'll be fine <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah I um that's what's been helping me kind of acquaint to the film and tv and stuff and I mean, adding to that, I will say just to, you know, really stroke your ego and give you a big head here. You, <laughs> <laughs> we, we had a chance to do a scene together earlier this year and your ability to dial into the emotional like core of a scene you're doing is 
fucking masterful. Uh, it's like two words in and I'm, I'm looking into your eyes. And I'm like, oh shit. I really have to catch up because she's already <laughs> there. <laughs> this is, oh my God. We're, we're here. Yeah. Fuck. All right. Um, what was I? Ta- oh, I'm talking about milk and then just going right into the scene or, you know, like something crazy in, in that sense. And I will say like, that's something very, it's very rare to see uh, with, with honestly any actor, but especially actors in class, you know, you see there are some people who have trouble connecting with the material. Uh, there's some that, you know, maybe go a little too far, but you dial right into it. And it just goes to show why you are, you know, traveling abroad to perform. You have this just innate ability to mix right into the scene. So I yeah. do want to, Oh, sorry. Go no. Yeah. Keep going. I oh, was okay. just, yeah. <laughs> keep going. Keep, keep saying more. Say it. Uh, but I, I wanted to ask you what your, like what's your internal process when you are performing? Uh, it doesn't have to be a dramatic scene, but any scene, since you are classically trained, I mean, do you do all those calculations in your head for, you know, um, a scene you've memorized ahead of time or are you navigating it in real time as a scene is going? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like my process as I'm in a scene um, is very, I feel like weirdly enough, I don't think a lot. Um, I, I think that something that's hammered into us at the studio is just like connect, connect, connect. Like if you don't have connection to the other person, you have, you have nothing. Um, so I feel like for me, when in doubt, I'm like, just, um, look into that person's eyes and just give and receive and that's often nonverbal. I feel like you know um but yeah I mean it like I feel like the baseline for any scene is just understanding who is my character um and what's their objective what do they want from the other person um you know which is very you know like that's the when you take an acting class that's like the first thing you're taught is what's what's your objective what are your circumstances where are you Um, so I feel like once you have all of that established, the scene kind of takes care of itself. Um, you know, and I, I mean, going back to, to like the whole, I guess, finding the humanity too, is like, I feel like when you're an actor, the amount of like, just care and empathy that you have to have, um, for yourself for other people and for the characters you're playing is is astronomical like it's I feel like at the for me at the end of the day um acting is all about just empathy and understanding why people behave the way they do and you know like and why someone might react um a certain way in a certain situation um I don't know I hope that answers your question no no it does I've been thinking about this a lot for the last you know a couple of years especially with everything that's been going on but uh, unfortunately we've really benefited from watching various types of people in public or on the internet Hmm. and are able to use that sense of id within our scenes so much easier because Mm -hmm. we're now realizing how crazy people can be uh or how you know (laughs) fragile people can be it's 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 um 
it, it sucks to see, but you find your, at least I find myself carrying that within various auditions or various scenes. And I mean, you're exactly right. It's all about empathy and understanding people and being there for people. And I, uh, I mean, I have my own process with it, but how do you shake off, you know, scenes that have such a dramatic weight, you feel like you're almost soaked in it. Yeah. How do you get back to being yourself after that? Um, I mean, just like finding the things that kind of in general in your daily life might ground you like, um, okay. So for example, like when I was doing murder on the Orient express, um, I was playing like, I don't know if you're familiar with the story, but, um, I was playing the countess, um, like the Hungarian countess and she's the one who it's ultimately comes out that like her sister is the one that has been murdered. And, um, so or that like was murdered like many many years ago and so now they're here on the train to like avenge the murder of my character's sister um and at one point towards the end of the play she's talking to the detective and she kind of just like she she kind of just snaps and she she's like she drops the accent that she's been putting on it comes out that she's actually american she's not hungarian and she's like yes like i fine like i was lying about my identity like my sister's dead like i'm you know upset traumatized all this stuff so she just completely breaks and it's like how getting to that place was really 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 difficult um and I so like before the show I would like kind of just shut down and like I had like my music in and I would I was just listening to this like sad somber music and so throughout the whole show and a little bit afterwards too I was like in this really weird headspace you know because like and I don't personally I don't think that method acting would like be a good thing for me to do so I was like okay like I don't think it would be useful for me to like picture like oh my god like one of my sisters like dying or something like that um I I, you know I just don't think that that would be healthy for me and I know that like some like some actors do that and it helps them um but I I, I don't know. I was like, I don't think I can do that. So I kind of had to come up with my own process in that way. Um, and so for me, it, it was through music and um, it really helped get me to that place. And then after the show, um, I just made sure to listen to like very uplifting music. I was like, I'm, I need to be like social with my fellow cast members, crack jokes, all of that stuff. Cause I just need to like get myself to like a better place mentally because I didn't want to go home with like this horrible pit in my stomach um of you know the way that I felt in that scene um yelling about like my sister being dead and wanting to avenge her murder and stuff I just was like yeah so um finding just your own thing that like helps you um like that brings you back down to earth grounds you makes you feel good so for me it was music and just socializing with people um and I feel like it's different for everyone um but yeah that's that's what I would do yeah, yeah, I think that's a great way of doing it. I can't even imagine, especially for theater, doing that every night for yeah. you know however many weeks, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it not taking a toll. And that does bring up something really interesting too. And you know, you you started out with figure skating and then going into you know becoming a, an actress, and you're you're fulfilling all of these different emotions throughout various amounts of scenes. Mm-hmm. but what do you like to do outside of this? Like what helps you 
stay grounded outside of performance? Do you have a, uh, you know, various hobbies? Do you like to, I don't know, people watch in a cafe? Like what's your, what's your, you know, decompression uh, to do list? Yeah. Um, I do actually like to people watch in cafes. Uh, <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah, um, and Denver has so many great little cafes. Um, but besides that, I, um, I do love to sing. I'm, I'm a, a classically trained singer as well. Um, so I, um, I sing opera at this Italian restaurant that I live like down the street from. Um, and I love doing that. I mean, that's also performance, you know, but, um, it's just, it's not emotionally taxing in any way. It's just very, like, it brings people joy, brings me joy. It's so much fun. Um, I get free spaghetti and wine, so I'm not going to complain about that. Um, yeah, I do love to sing. I, I sometimes play piano. I'm not like trained on the piano, but like sometimes I like watch these like YouTube tutorials of like how to play this very simple song, like Taylor Swift song or something. And, um, I do that. I think it's fun. Um, and also I love to read. I've been really into, um, books about like Greek mythology right now. Um, so I just read like Madeline Miller's books, The Song of Achilles and Circe. And um, I also love mystery. I'm reading like three books right now. I don't know, but um, I do love to read. I just like, I definitely um, I enjoy doing things that kind of like keep my mind active, you know? I mean, of course, like some days I will just like be on my phone or whatever, but like in general, I really, um, I like to, yeah, I like to read. Um, I play Sudoku a lot for some reason. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, just like fun little like activities that like kind of exercise my brain. Um, yeah, and I'm really close with my family. I have two best friends that I hang out with like almost every weekend. Um, so yeah, just keeping like a good balance of, you know, yeah. a lot of things. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you will never run out of gray matter ever, you know, (laughs) (laughs) with all that stimulation. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Do you take requests at said Italian restaurant? Um, Yeah, I definitely can. I've had people request, um, request things that I don't know. Um, Once someone requested a Pink Floyd song and I was like, I'm not going to do that. Um, um, at this like small little cozy Italian restaurant I'm sorry I just I can't um but yeah I um let's see yeah I mean I've had people request like that's Amore Dean Martin you know um I do have like kind of a set list and sometimes I'll go back and like repeat songs for people who like maybe arrived late or you know didn't hear the first couple songs um but yeah I I start out with opera and um, then move into more modern stuff, like have like some Etta James, some like unchained melody, stuff like that. Um, <laughs> stuff that like, and I encourage people to, I'm like, if you know it, sing along. Like, I won't be mad. You know, it's fun when you have like the whole restaurant singing. And um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> no one's, uh, oh God, I'm going to hate myself for asking this question, but no one, has, no one has requested Dominic the Donkey by Lou Monte, have they? No. <laughs> okay, I'm going to let you Google that and listen to it. And then we could talk about it at class tonight because it is a very obnoxious song that I could only imagine a lot of people recommending. Uh, the donkey? 
Dominic the donkey. Yeah, no one. <laughs> we're we're in Colorado, so no one here has probably listened to it. But I grew up with Italians in Connecticut for a little bit, and okay. that song was on the radio like crazy. Huh. Uh, yeah, so definitely, you know, check that out. But um, interesting. <laughs> ask my mom if she knows that. My mom is part Italian. Oh, really? Is she? Um, she may have heard of it for sure. Dominic the donkey. I'm gonna <laughs> ask her genuinely. <laughs> um it's a weird segue uh but (laughs) one of my favorite questions to ask throughout the show and especially like my friends that i know uh you know somewhat but don't know their you know entirety as far as biography goes Mm -hmm. uh i love asking if you have a party story you could share with us now that is a story that has occurred um doesn't have to be you know performance related but something that has occurred in your past that stands out so immensely you could easily recant it amongst friends at a party uh, it could be something really tragic could be something really fun something surprising uh yeah just could be anything do you have something you could you could pull out for us oh that's such a great question um <laughs> god i know i do um oh man <laughs> Um, I have like a lot of stories that I know of like, I've had, well, okay, here's something that happened the other night. Um, (laughs) uh, so yesterday was my birthday and, uh, happy birthday. (laughs) Um, but, um, Saturday night, my um, my best friends and I uh, decided to go out, and um, we decided that it would be a good idea that at midnight, um, so like the third going into the fourth, going into my birthday, we were going to do a midnight slam dunk, and so we went out to the bars in Denver, and we brought, we brought a basketball with us, and we were just like carrying the basketball around with us like the entire night. And like every bouncer at every bar was like, okay, like just don't don't play basketball in here, okay? And we were like, all right, um, we want so we're just holding the basketball. Um, and then there's like there are two bars in Denver that like they're like right next to each other, but like between them there's a basketball court. And so we were like, okay, we'll end up there. Um, so then we went to this bar. We did shots. We did green tea shots. Have you ever had those? No, I'm guessing it's just is it green tea infused with vodka? It's, I don't even know what it is really. I know it doesn't doesn't taste good, but um, it's, it's whiskey. I know it's whiskey. Oh, okay. Um, Very sweet tasting. Um, it's good. You should, you should get it. Um, (laughs) and, um, yeah, so we did some green tea shots and then we had our basketball and we were getting some weird looks, like some guy, like across the bar, like kept like wanting us to throw it. And we're like, no, like don't talk to us. Um, but, um, Anyway, so at midnight, uh, oh, and also um, my my friend, okay, so I have these shoes. They're like knockoff Doc Martens and I love them and I wear them all the time, but this, I wear them so much that the soles started to come off, but I was like, I'll live with it because I like these shoes. But and I wanted to wear them on Saturday night. So anyways, right before we went out, I super glued the sole to like the rest of the shoe. But then as we were walking to the bar, my friend, like, um, what is it called? Like flat tired me and oh, the no. entire soul of the shoe came off so anyways so we went outside to do the slam dunk I didn't have shoes on it was like 30 degrees 
because like I was that it was just too awkward to walk with my soulless shoe I was like I'd rather not wear any shoes at all and my friend I was with my friend Joe and he was like I'm gonna have extra shoes in my car if you want to wear them but they were like size 12 (laughs) vans so it literally looked like I was wearing clown shoes and I was like (laughs) I'm just not gonna wear shoes it's fine so we went out to the basketball court at midnight and my friends my two best friends um they lifted me up they hoisted me up and joe was recording and i had the basketball which was really flat by the way so it barely bounced and i shot it into the basket made it and uh did a birthday slam dunk (laughs) it was great and then we and i had new shoes on and um and and yeah then we stayed out there for a little bit played some basketball um with our very flat ball and called it a night it was a lot of fun (laughs) (laughs) did you have you fixed your uh your boot yet <laughs> no i think i have to throw them away like oh it, no <laughs> it's time like the, the soul is gone like it's i there's no other there's it can't be helped well uh i i know your tiktok is full of um murder mysteries and you know true crime <laughs> oh nasty God, yeah. shit but uh yes. there's Thank somebody you. on tiktok that shows you how to break in doc martens by putting in was it like a a freezer bag full of water you put it in the boot and then you put them in the freezer oh. to break them in. I don't know if that's a thing. Uh, it, I guess it works. So if you're getting a new pair, something to try out, just don't, you know, don't invoice me if they break. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I heard Doc Martens are very uncomfortable at first. We had a similar, when you had to break in your figure skates, you put them in the oven. Um, so they get really, really warm. Ooh. And then you put your foot in it and it like molds itself to your foot. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so and, it's nice having like the warm skate on. Oh wow, that actually sounds really comfortable. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, like once you once it starts to mold to your foot, it it gets comfortable. At first, like new skates are really uncomfortable, but yeah, once once you get your foot gets used to it, it's like <laughs> just hugs your foot. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel every time I buy a new pair of rollerblades. It's you know three or four weeks of agony, and then they finally break in. Okay. Oh, you right. rollerblade. <laughs> You just do that like on, on your street or where do you do that? Uh, so I go, uh, I'll drive to places and go rollerblading. Like if I'm going into the mountains or something, I'll go skate around Estes or something. And uh, I try to shy away from downtown because it's not as much fun as it used to be yes. uh, with all the scooters. God, the scooters. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, trying to, to mold rollerblades to your feet when you first get them, it, it's just like ski boots essentially. So it just hurts for a couple of weeks but um i got a flash of uh the guy that was trying to get you guys to toss the ball over like i'm sure he leaned over to his friends like hey guys check this out i but this is my move yeah turns no, hey, it, throw the yeah. ball it was very much like that and we were like no like we're not going to also because the bouncer said he would kick us out if we like threw the ball so that's another yeah. factor but also it was like i'm not this is our ball you can't yeah. have <laughs> don't you know it's my birthday so um wait did you have like a birthday sash or anything on no okay no but he should know <laughs> uh, he should just know he should um know. <laughs> yeah. wait do you ever when you're roller blading do you roll, wait, do you call it roller blading or roller skating uh blading skating is the the four the four wheels on oh. the bottom and i those freak me out i can't do roller skating it's so okay. weird um it's weird. <laughs> yeah um do you ever like attach yourself like to the back of a car and like put the like with a rope do you ever do that 
dude i have so many stories for you about me doing that like especially more so growing up than now because you know my insurance premiums don't cover whatever would happen to me uh but we um what what should i say i'm not i'm not gonna say we my best friend and his older brother somehow happened upon a golf cart in the middle of thornton great don't know how they got it uh i didn't ask any questions but they they had this thin (laughs) nylon rope i'm like hey Laraka, put your skates on. We're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go up this hill. Then we're gonna take you right down it. And we went up the hill, and it's kind of like a, a sidewalk next to a street. Uh-huh. Um, and there's a, a park coming like on the other side, so it's in a relatively like safe straight line. Uh-huh. But they ended up going so fast they turned a little bit, rolled into the grass, uh-huh. and uh, damn near flipped the golf cart over. It uh-huh. launched me so fast into the street. <gasps> that I narrowly escaped the back of this like beat up van that had oh. been there for God knows how long. Oh my God. Uh, but then quickly like turned to make sure they were they were okay. Turned back and then I just ate shit right into the curb. <laughs> oh my God! I, I've done it a lot. We did it more so with um with snow, and then we would just get you know old garbage can lids and use those as sleds because yeah. we were cheap. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've I've tried it. I've tried it a couple of times or two. I I, I assume rollerblading would be pretty easy for you though, right? With your figure skating background or. I don't know. I've been to like a roller skating rink before and I was actually really bad at it. Like, I, I don't know. I they just kind of feel different than figure skates. So I'm sure if I did it for like a little while, like once or like when a couple times and I would get the hang of it. Um, but yeah, I did it. And I, I was like, I don't like this. (laughs) Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I I haven't done that in years though. It's probably been like maybe like seven years since I've been roller skating. So maybe I should try it again. You should. Yeah, it's coming back. I I see more and more people doing it now than in the last like fifteen years. So oh, that's awesome. That's, try it out. <laughs> We're not alone anymore. Yes. Uh, I do want to. Uh, to touch on the like the thing we were kind of alluding to at the beginning, but if right. you want to enlighten our listeners as to <laughs> one, what you did this summer, uh, which yes. we were all very proud of you for, uh, but two, what's happening next for you? Yeah. So um, yeah, we talked a little bit about me um, acting abroad, but yeah, um, to go into more detail um, over the summer, I was um, in Prague in the Czech Republic um, with the Prague Shakespeare Company, um, which is this awesome, awesome theater company that is, um, it's run by, I, I guess they are from the United States. They were saying that like in every big European city, there's um, an English speaking theater company and there wasn't one in Prague, which is why they started the Prague Shakespeare Company. So they mostly do Shakespeare and classical theater, but um, they do other shows as well. I know they're doing almost main right now. Um, yeah, it's it's a great, great theater company that I really, really loved doing shows with. I so over the summer I did um Henry the Fourth Part One and um a gender flipped version of Taming of the Shrew. And um that was just amazing. I mean, to be in a city like that, just doing what you love, it was oh my gosh, it just changed my life. And it was it was scary because I've never like I've always lived really close to my parents and um like physically and I'm also very much 
I'm just really close to my parents. Um, and so going abroad for a few months and being away with from them and being alone was like very intimidating. Like I was, I was remember saying goodbye to my mom at the airport, just crying. I was like, oh, I can't do it. Um, but yeah, I did it. And it was literally the best thing I ever could have done for myself is like do, taking, I guess that risk and doing something that really scared me. Um, it was amazing. I grew as a person and as an actor, like so much more than I could have imagined. Um, it was great. And so I'm going back. I leave a week from tomorrow, actually, to uh, go do Twelfth Night with them at um, the Estates Theater, Mozart's Estates Theater in Prague, which is like this big, beautiful old theater um, where Mozart premiered Don Giovanni. It's really cool. Um, yeah, it's so I'm I'm very very excited. Um, yeah, love Prague. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were talking about that last week in class. Have you been to Prague? And I'm like, I haven't. No, I haven't been to Hawaii. <laughs> it would be great to go to Prague. I've heard nothing but great things. And we were talking about, you know, all the the projects, film and TV projects that shoot there constantly. And yeah, so many. I, I honestly don't see you coming back for like another six months because you're just going to find a bunch of work. <laughs> that would be nice. That would be cool. I I do. You know, it's. I mean, at the age I'm at right now, it is technically it's like this is a time to go do things. And, yeah. you know, I'm still learning what I like and don't like. And I've lived in Denver my whole life. You know, what if, you know, I don't know what else is out there. So yeah. who knows? Who knows what will happen? <laughs> <laughs> well, that really does go hand in hand with one of the last things, you know, within this podcast and or one yeah. of the last questions. And that's, uh, you know, I know it's been a short amount of time, but you've had so much experience within you know the the short amount of time you've been pursuing this as a career so uh, it could be something you're hanging on to it could be something that uh, maybe somebody mentioned uh or something that you just come, you know sort of came up with but do you have you know a piece of advice you could pass on to listeners who are either you know maybe they're starting out and they want to you know go through their six months post-college and and see what they can do or maybe they're trying to stay in the industry with you know COVID parameters going up and down I mean right. what what has helped you that you could pass along to them yeah um I let's see I mean I um I would say that like just get to know yourself really really well like do things by yourself ask yourself hard questions um you know, I think an, a, a big factor in being a good actor is is knowing yourself inside and out, like knowing and like that goes beyond your likes and dislikes. But like, what are your mannerisms? Like what, you know, what makes you anxious and how do you react to hard situations? Like, you know, what are your values? Like things like that, I think is it's really important to know yourself. And then, of course, like if you're pursuing acting, um, first of all, that's badass. <laughs> doing acting is hard and anyone who does it is cool and amazing and um I have a lot of respect for anyone who's pursuing acting it's just yeah um but I think that you know if you feel like you have a calling to do something if you feel like you have a passion for something then just follow it and like just do it and perform at every chance you get like it doesn't matter if it's a student film it doesn't matter what it is because if you love it then you'll enjoy it all um yeah of course you know if it, make sure it's like don't do 
I don't know if it seems sketchy, don't do it, but like, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just take every opportunity because you never know what it'll lead or where it'll lead. And also just be nice to people, you know, like if, if you're like a bad sport or have a bad attitude, like people will remember that. And you don't know like who people know. Um, like you want people to want to work with you and you want people to want to work with you again and again. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. That's what's helped me is yeah just being a nice person and when I like feel like things are hard and there have been a couple times that I felt like hopeless you know like acting is really difficult and there's a lot of rejection um but you know I just always think about like there's nothing else I could do like if you know if you're passionate about something then you have to do it. I just know I would never forgive myself if I stopped pursuing it. So I just, just do it. You can, you can, it's never the wrong choice. If you're doing, if you're doing what you love to do, then you're doing the right thing. So, um, that's what I would say. <laughs> no, that's perfect advice. And yeah. you're, you know, you, you went and you performed in Europe over the summer like that. All of that coincides into everything you just said, especially the, if it's sketchy, don't do it, (laughs) (laughs) which can happen a lot. Uh, You know, you get a non-union audition for something that films in uh, Tijuana and is a $10,000 buyout. I would probably turn away from that. I would say no. Yeah. (laughs) Look up people on Facebook. Like if it's like, Yeah. yeah, like backstage is like, is great. There's lots of opportunities on there, but I feel like they can't always like verify that things are legit. So like, like look up people on Facebook, like look up websites to things like, you know, cause it's sometimes things are weird. I've had a couple like offers for jobs that I, that like seem great on the surface, but I'm like, this is like a little bit strange and maybe it would be fine, but maybe it would be really uncomfortable. So I, yeah. you know, just, yeah, proceed with caution. But in general, if you love to perform, then perform. There are opportunities um, and, you know, there are opportunities everywhere and just yeah and yeah. just always be yourself <laughs> <laughs> well with that uh do you have anything we can give a shout out to or promote with this episode it could be obviously i'll, I'll shout out the Prague shakespeare company um but it could also be like maybe an organization you believe in a charity um something you've been watching literally anything we can give a shout out to yeah um let's see um, I mean, yeah, I, this doesn't really have anything to do with like theater or acting, but a general shout out to, um, the, this is just something that's been like heavy on my mind, I guess the, uh, Evergreen, uh, like park and recreation district, they have like a, this camp for special needs children. And, um, I've worked with them, volunteered with them a lot and, um, they're just amazing people. Uh, I have an uncle who's special needs. And so like, it's just something I like really hold really, really close to my heart. And um, I don't know, I just, I don't know. That's like, it's just been my, on my mind a lot, I guess, around the holidays and being around family. So that's, I don't know, that's just something that's important to me. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Shout out to Bistro Del Lago in Evergreen, Colorado. That's where I sing opera. And it's like an amazing restaurant with the most amazing people. Um, so. Just, just the community of Evergreen, Colorado is wonderful. Shout out to them. 
<laughs> well, now we know where to find you when when you're singing to yeah. throw out just random. <laughs> yeah, sing whip it. Yes. Say, wait, what is it? What is the song that you said? Donkeys. What? What is it? <laughs> oh yeah. If I see you there, like, hey, Dominic the donkey. I know you've listened to it about a thousand times. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, the donkey. Okay. <laughs> this has been i'm glad we had a chance to do this before you left yeah because i i, I want to get more people in the studio on here and and you're right. <laughs> you're on the top of the list like i i feel like i haven't talked to genevieve in months because we're always just so busy in class so <laughs> it's just been awesome like sitting down with you and hearing more about you and your story and uh as we wrap up i do want to say you know dude just like thank you i know i'm going to see you and five hours but (laughs) thank you for for coming on and uh the last thing we have is an awkward goodbye uh prefaced by the question have you ever seen wayne's world um i've seen so my mom loves wayne's world so she's showed me clips (laughs) um there's like i know there's what there's like a scene of them singing bohemian rhapsody yes Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. showed me that many times. Like, <laughs> Jen, you gotta see this. Um, like I know mom, I've seen this so much time. Um, but I haven't like watched it, watched it. That's fair, that's fair. Well, yeah. uh your mom, shout out to your mom because she is the coolest. Uh five percent of people who've been on the show have ever really seen that movie, much less remember it. Uh there's a scene where the two main characters are bought out. Their radio show is now underneath a whole new um, sort of like production company. So they take over the stage and same employees, but then the lead guy leaves. And then Garth, the blonde guy is kind of left by himself on stage as they're rolling. Uh, mm-hmm. And he has this kind of like awkward sort of <laughs> just very awkward, audible uh, moment. So this uh-huh. entire awkward goodbye is prefaced on me counting down from three when I point to you, just give me your best verbal awkward goodbye. Do you think that's something you could do? Like you want it to be purposefully awkward? Yeah, I, I honestly think of the most awkward you could be. <laughs> Which you're naturally like really suave and cool. So I need you to take that down a bit and be. Oh my god, I'm not suave or cool. <laughs> um. Okay. Okay. I can, okay, I can do that. You got this. You got this. Here we go. In. Three, two, one. Bye, Tyler. Have a good day. That was so bad. I don't know. Uh